At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 7, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here today to help you become a better investor. And I can tr- do that by answering your question, to giving you some perspective on today's market, the economy, what's going on out there, and what, how it's going to affect our money and our investments. You know, I've been doing this, my first investment was over 50 years ago, so I'm pretty uh, well-versed in how this works. But one of the things that I've learned of all, and over, over all those years is that you just can't predict the market. It's almost impossible. Long-term, you can say with fairly certain uh, authority that the market will go up because it has for well, well over 100 years. Gone up. Over time, it goes up. But you can't predict it from day to day, week to week, month to month. It's just it's just not possible. And many people have tried it, uh, and it has been proven over and over and over again. You can't time the market, uh, and people still think they can do it, and they try it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be successful for a short period of time, and it doesn't mean that certain people, very, very few people, very talented people, very intelligent people, have been able to time it, but it's rare. And you and I, we probably can't do it. I know I can't do it. Now, with that said, you're going to drive the show. You take us wherever you want. As long as it's financial, we're going to go in that direction. So the topics are up to you, the caller. Okay, so that means you got to call. The InvestTalk phone lines are always open. They never close. 888-99-CHART. You can call right now. 888-992-4278. My focus point today looks into the story behind when should you own the underlying components rather than the fund of funds? Should you ever own a fund of funds? Talk about mutual funds. A mutual fund that owns mutual funds and manages mutual funds. That's going to be our main discussion issue today, um, and I've had my opinion on that, opinion on that on fund of funds uh, and expected it on this radio show many times over the years, and now uh, we'll do it again. Time permitting, I also want to talk about um, uh, the jobs report that came out weaker than expected for June. Also. Um, Workers are are rating their retirement savings at record rates. People are dipping into their 401ks, IRAs, at record rates. How smart is that? And also, uh, Jerry Grantham has a distinct opinion on the market. He thinks it's going to crash. Then, Jeremy Siegel... (laughs) 
says the stock market can go up a lot higher. These two guys are, you know, gurus that have been around many, many years and are considered very, very savvy investors. So how come have they have both directly opposing opinions of what's happening? Now, you got to look at the details, though, and uh, we're going to do that. Okay, the market was down today, down 187 on the Dow, down 18 on the Nasdaq, and 13 on the S&P. The market is struggling at this level, the, it, where it is now. The S&P 500 is struggling. Uh, three weeks ago, it peaked right at this level, fell back down, and tried to break that peak and fell back down again. So in the short term, it's struggling at this level. A little bit longer look at the market, in other words, going back to the beginning of the year, the S&P has done much better than it did last year. Um, but it still hasn't made up for all the losses it made in last year. So, you know, it's still still in a bear market territory, even though it's had a nice bull market run. The question is, is this a head fake? Is this uh, the beginning of a new bull market? And we can't say that until we tell really it breaks that old high it made back in you know a year ago a year ago this last what december so that's where we are okay that's what the market's doing okay let's go ahead and take our first voicemail call that came in earlier been hearing the podcast for a few months now and started taking your approach as i am a new investor i know you recommend to take a look at companies that you love when starting off and one of those for me is Nike, ticker symbol NKE. I have a long-term outlook as I'm starting in my early 20s. What can you tell me regarding Nike and at what price is it good to start a position? Love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. Have a good day. Well, Nike is one of those companies that's been a market leader in their industry forever. And I don't see any, um, at this point, I don't see why they won't continue to do that. They should be able to continue to be a market leader in their industry. Now, having said that, back in December 2021, they they were peaking at about $170, $180 a share. Today, they're 104 So they've been struggling for the last couple of years. Um, it did bottom around 80 made uh, shot up to over 120 then back down to 100 and about 105 and that's kind of where they are right now. So... Um, it would be nice to pick them up again around 80. In the mid-80s would be a perfect buy point, in my opinion, but that's you know 20% plus down from where it is right now. And is it going to fall another 20%? The whole market probably would have to go into a bear market to do that. And that's possible. I think we might get uh, a bear market pulse this summer, you know, and it can come at any time. I think that's going to happen. Meanwhile, why Nike is a leader? Because they constantly grow. They constant. They are constantly. They're a very well managed company. They don't have much debt. They have a great return on equity, thirty five percent, and it's always kind of expensive. Their five year range of PE is twenty two to seventy four. Remember, the S and P five hundred average PE is around fifteen. And here we are talking about one of the bluest of blue chips, Nike, at $160 billion in size. And they, you know, are, you know, have a forward-looking PE of 27. So that's kind of on the lower end. So this might be a good area to consider them. 
Okay? We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call any anytime uh, and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank number. And it's always the same. If, if you listen to us live, we'd love to have you call or streaming. You are live on AM 1220 out of the Silicon Valley area, 888-99 chart. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 Chart. The stock market is constantly changing, and serious investors know that they need to modify their portfolio assets to fit the times. And now, with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Andrew in Philadelphia. Hi, Andrew. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Steve? I'm Thanks good. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for the call. Yeah, so it's calling about Truist Financial. The ticker symbol is TFC. Uh, it's been on my watch list for a little bit of time now. It's been going sideways for about three months, and I'm wondering if now is a good time to, to get a half share of it. Okay. Uh, Truist Financial, uh, they are a big company, $42 billion in size. They're out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Holding company for branch banking and trust company operating 2,781 branches in Washington, D.C. Uh, let's see. It's going to make $4.18 this year, four thirteen next year, so it's a little bit slowing down on its earnings. Sales, though, have stayed up uh, 15% in the most recent quarter, 15% growth, 12% growth before that, and 4% growth before that. Uh, it pays a really nice dividend, 6.5%. Can it maintain that? Well, it's a $31.88 stock, and it's going to make $4.13. So, yeah, it can easily maintain. That's about a... What, a 50, 60% uh, payout ratio, which is, you know, good. Return to equity is a little low at 10%, but they're, that's a pretty conservative bank, it looks like, looking at the other financials. So it's a good, solid bank. Uh, forward PE is 7, and the five-year range is 6 to 16. So, yeah, this is a good price for this bank. This is a good place to pick it up, okay? I, I'm, you know, probably got caught. With all the banking issues we recently have had, but I, I don't think I don't. It doesn't look like it's having a, that much of a problem, and it looks like it's conservatively managed. 
So I ha- I would I might want to dig into how much how much loans they have outstanding in commercial buildings like in Philadelphia or wherever they are. I mean, you know, they're out of North Carolina. So uh, if they have, that would be my only concern with the bank. But otherwise, it looks really solid, Andrew. So I kind of like it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. My focus point looks into the story behind the question. When should you own the underlying companies or components rather than the fund of funds? So first of all, let's talk about what a fund of funds is. We're talking about mutual funds. Mutual funds are very diverse animals. Uh, they can, they can, in, they can be any any investment sector, any investment area of the, of the international and national markets. I mean, they could be anywhere, anything. So, a fund of funds is a mutual fund that manages and owns other mutual funds. That's what a fund of funds is. Fund of funds. So. The biggest drawback is double fees. Each mutual fund has a fee that it charges to manage its mutual fund. And the fund that owns the fund, they have a fee to manage the mutual funds that they own. So that's the biggest drawback of owning a fund of funds. The biggest benefit is that you get professional help in where to vest your money. In other words, they vest it for you. They move it around. They you know, they might go to, might be lean on foreign investments or emerging markets or domestic market, or they might lean on value versus growth or big companies versus small companies. So they, you know, have complete freedom to move about in the stock market sphere that they think is going to work best. So you don't have to worry about whether you should, you're in the right stock sector or not. They'll do it for you. Still, you could buy all the funds, mutual funds that they buy and just hold on to them. But see, they also will get out of funds and move to different funds. So that's the benefit you're losing if you don't have one of these. I don't really care buying fund of funds. I I think the double fee really is painful, and I don't think it's necessary. You know, I think that a person, yourselves, can own a, a little handful of mutual funds, and that would be plenty fine as far as investing in your future, and you just stick with it. You can own an S&P 500 index fund. You can own a large cap fund, small cap fund, growth fund, and a value fund, and you can be done with it if, unless you want to take more risks, and you can maybe switch out one of those mutual funds for a, an emerging market fund. It depends on how much risk you want to take. So... I'm not keen on the fund of funds because of the double fees. I don't like it because of that. Okay, we're heading to a break, everybody. It is Friday, and I welcome your financial investment questions. You can do it right now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Hi, this is Duncan from New York. I'm just giving a call about a growth stock company, Paycom, P A Y C. Reason why I'm looking at this is just for a couple of things. One, it's in the industrial industry. Uh, I heard you guys talk over on the podcast that you guys, that's something to focus on. Two, it looks like from my metrics on fidelity.com, it looks like the uh, return on ROE is about like 20%. What I'm trying to figure out is a point to actually get in this. Fidelity has something called like a model PE, kind of like slide bar or something like that. Currently, the PE is 60, and I do know that that's obviously very high. But what I am looking right now is Fidelity is telling me that the five-year low is about 40 PE. The five-year average is about 92.7. For any growth company, especially like industrials for professional services, Fidelity says that the average is about like 40 So from everything that I'm trying to learn from the podcast, I think that maybe a good P.E. ratio would would be hoping to enter this place around 45 or 50, hoping that you can uh, give me some insight on that and have a great day. Bye. That was a pretty good uh, um, analytical look at this company. This is Paycom Software. So it's not an industrial. It's a software company. Okay, it's in the computer software enterprise uh, sector, not an industrial sector. Uh, It is a $20 billion company out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Provides cloud-based human capital software that manages employment lifecycle for employers. I'm not sure what that is. I don't know what that means. I'd have to do some research. But as far as the numbers, uh, it has very good numbers. And it is a growth stock, and it's growing very well, between 28 and 30% sales growth per quarter for the last two years, every quarter. Earnings are going to be up 25% this year, another 21% next year to $9.27. The forward P.E. looks like to be 42, and the five-year range for the P.E. is 39 to 139. So it's pretty, very low, very low on in its range. Okay, return on equity I have down here is higher than you did. I have it at 34%. Cash flow is very strong. So as far as a growth company, this company looks pretty well set, putting uh, that it, it should be able to jump. It's a $324 stock. It's not inexpensive, uh, and it's not inexpensive in relation to the P.E. ratio when you talk about relating it to the overall market. But far as a growth stock... And for its own P.E. ratio based on its own history, it's a pretty low P.E. ratio right now. It's just not low. So, the, you know, growth stocks, when when the market turns or the economy turns bad or the market turns bad, they, grow down, they go down the fastest versus value. But they also go up the fastest on a recovery. So I kind of think I like this stock. I, I, I like it. But I'd have to figure out what the heck they're doing. Provides cloud-based human capital software that manages employment lifecycle for employers. Does that mean what does that mean? I'm not sure. Does it do all the you know, all the taxes and 
I don't know. I don't know what that means. I really don't. I'd have to look that up. But as far as the fundamentals, I think you're pretty much very close to right on on all that. Okay? So that's a good job, by the way, because it's a lot hard to do. It's pretty hard to get that information if you don't pay for it like I do. I pay for all this information. But if you just get it, it's there out there on the Internet and in the, in the cloud. It's just difficult to pull it all oils bits of information together and come up with the numbers. So I think you did a pretty good job there. Okay? Appreciate the call. P-A-Y-C. Paycom Software was the name of the company. Okay. Um, jobs report. June jobs report came out with 209,000 jobs. That was below expectations. And just as a reminder, on Thursday, ADP, which is also a look at June's jobs report, was higher than expectations. Try to remember the official June jobs report. That was 209,000 that came out today. Is is includes public and private sector jobs, whereas the ADP, which is a private report, only looks at private company jobs, not public jobs, not government jobs. Okay, so that's the difference. Okay, does this change? Anything that the Fed might do in their July meeting? No. I don't think it was weak enough to say, oh, man, the economy is weak. And I don't think it was very strong, but it wasn't weak enough to make them change their mind. So I'm pretty sure we're going to have a raise in interest rates. And I think most of the market is expecting a raise in interest rates. And just as a side notice of something of interest, Argentina Central Bank left their interest rates alone. At 97%. (laughs) 97%. So just to give you an idea of problems that are, we, you know, here we are whining about our interest rates being, you know, five (laughs) to try to control inflation. And they have their interest rates set at 97% to try to control their inflation. Whole different world out there in these third world countries. We're headed into a break. Coming up soon, excerpts from the KPP Premium Newsletter. But now I welcome your finance and investment questions so you can call right now. Call Talk 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. So I'm changing company. I have a, a pension plan with my existing employer, but I'm moving to a new employer. They don't have a pension, but I wanted to know, is there any option I can roll over my pension amount that I have with the previous employer uh, to a Roth 401k, even though my income limit is a little bit higher than the Roth eligibility, like above 210, something like that. So I'm still applicable or eligible to do this transfer without any tax implications. I uh, would love your advice on this, and I love your show. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Generally speaking, the answer would be yes. You can roll your pension over to an IRA or even a Roth IRA, generally speaking. But you need to talk to the, the old employer of, uh, and go talk to their department, their HR department, about it, whether that pension, you know, whether you're allowed to do that. Usually a pension has a value at every, you know, that they establish on your pension every every step of the way. But sometimes they'll make you stay in the pension. It depends on how it's set up. Make you stay in the pension until you can start withdrawing it at retirement age. So the quick answer is yes, you can do it if the pension allows for it. Uh, that's probably the best quick answer I can give you. Now you just have to call up the HR department, find out what the rules are. Okay, uh, but I know legally you can do that, but it's how it depends on how it's structured. Okay, the KPP premium newsletter was uh, finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. So I have a preview for you in the market conditions section. Remember, there's four sections on the premium newsletter. We explained U.S. Equities, equities were relatively flat halfway through the day today, with the market set for a weekly decline as concerns about the Federal Reserve raising interest rates remained, and it still is there. This was despite a slightly weaker-than-expected jobs report. The S&P 500 dipped as much as one-tenth of one percent before climbing back nearly five-tenths in the Nasdaq Positive rose nearly seven tenths, but then gave all up at the very end of the day. So that's how that went. The U.S. jobs growth in June fell short to uh, of consensus expectations, while the previous two months were revised downward. There's no one really. I didn't say this in the newsletter, but no one really talks about the revisions of these official numbers. They all kind of get lost in the fine print, but. Almost all of the official numbers get revised, either up or down. Well, here, the last two months of jobs report were revised downward. All this lends credence to the idea that the Federal Reserve aggressive interest rate hikes are starting to cool the labor market. They're starting to cool the economy. The top-line numbers showed some signs of slowing, as well as the economy added 
209,000 new non-farm payrolls, yet the employment rate remained at 3.6%, a multi-decade low. The Treasury sell-off this week led to a two-year yield surpassing 5% and reaching its highest level since 2007. The hawkish stance of the Fed, as indicated in the June FOMC meeting minutes and statements from the Fed officials Logan and Williams, added to the market woes. So interest rates rose. Analysts are becoming more cautious as some shift away from the hopes of a soft landing and start to fear a hard landing, with concerns about financial conditions tightening in Q3. Now, I've told you repeatedly that the Fed very rarely gets it right and achieves a soft landing. It's extremely rare that they get a soft landing. Is it impossible? No. But they usually over-tighten or over-loosen. It's very common. Okay, uh, there's more in the newsletter in the in the uh, in the main section there, uh, and you just have to subscribe to it to get that information. In the stock idea section, we give two stock ideas every week. First one is a company that operates 43 properties across 20 states and fielding 12 brands with land-based casinos representing 90% of the total sales in 2022. was from the interactive segment, which includes sports, iGaming, and media revenue. Their retail portfolio generates high 30% EBITDA margins and helps position the company to obtain licenses for the digital wagering markets. The stock has traded downward this year due to ongoing competition from new domestic supply and competitive renovations uh, to existing assets. With current net margins of 71% and a P-E ratio around 6, we find this pretty attractive. Okay, that's one company. We also looked at an automotive supplier that manufactures electronics products for original equipment vehicle manufacturers, including Ford, Nissan, Renault, Mazda, BMW, General Motors, and Honda. The company offers information displays, instruments, clusters, Heads-up displays, infomat systems, telematic solutions, and smart core. The company's reports, uh, uh, reportable segments is electronics. It has very strong balance sheet with low debt, maintaining interest, uh, interest coverage ratio of 13 times. The stock price looks to be bouncing off a key support level, which may present a buying opportunity. And, of course, we name names in the newsletter, as you know. Name names and give you symbols. And here we do. we can't do that on the radio. I know pe- I've had people send me emails and why don't you tell us the name of the stocks? I can't. Uh, I, I buy, the SEC will not let me. They have that you must know your customer rule that prevents me. Now, you will also ask people, well, why, would you, why can't you when other people do it? Well, only the only other people that do it are those people who don't manage individual people's portfolios. We do, so we can't do it. Now, uh, I just gave you a simple a sample teaser of the latest KPP Premium newsletter. There's two other sections in the newsletter, um, so there's four all together. Subscribers receive the full edition via email each Saturday morning, and they also get the portfolio and consumer watch sections included. And that. That's the two other sections. 
Learn more about and subscribe anytime on investtalk.com. So let's grab another question, a call a question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, yes, Senator Steve. I wanted to get your thoughts on ticker symbol ALB, ALB Albert Marley. I think that's how you pronounce it. I bought some shares over a year ago. It's only a small percentage of my portfolio, but would you hold longer, trim, or exit? Thank you for your advice. Bye. Well, the short answer would be I would hold it for a longer term. Uh, Albemarle uh, is a chemical specialty company. That's what the section it's in, the sector. Makes polymer additives, catalysts, and fine chemicals for the refining, consuming, electronics, and other markets. It's a $27 billion company. They're going to make $23.35 this year, 6% more than last year. Next year, it's going to go down 9%. Sales growth, though, is still very strong. The most recent quarter, sales grew 129%. Quarter before that, 193. Quarter before that, 152. Before that, it was 91, 36, 2. Those are going backwards. Okay, the forward PE is 8. Um, actually, the forward PE is 10. I'm sorry, the current PE is 8. Um, and the range is 6 to 67. Return on equity is very good at 38%. And the cash flow is very strong at $24.64 a share. It's a $237 stock. So we're talking about a low price stock compared to the earnings. Now, the stock hasn't done anything for the last couple, three years. Right? It has not. But at some point, at some point, I think the sector that it's in is pretty decent it is economically sensitive, so if you feel the economy is going to not fall into a recession, this would be a good time to own this stock. But it's so cheap that even in a recession, it's hard for me to see how low it will go. I mean, uh, I might go down to the 180s, you know, in the next fall, but, man, I, I still think it's very inexpensive, so I like it. Okay, that's ALB, everybody. Let's go to Mike in Orange County. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey, how you doing? Got a I'm question. doing good. Um, I've, owned, I've owned Borg Warner uh, BWA for a while, have 100 shares. And uh, just a couple days ago, they spun off part of their operations and created a new stock. Uh, the new symbol is uh, PHIN. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering what to do with the shares I was issued. Okay. Yeah, so that's a kind of a philosophical question and also a fundamental question as to well, what were the assets that they spun off to you, you know. And this is what companies do. They get to a, a certain size or they have they get away from what their core business is. Many times they had started this non-core sector of their business and that grows very nicely. And but it's still not their core business. They'll spin that off into a separate company. And if you own the original stock, you get now shares of that spinoff. And obviously, Mike, that's what you got. So what you know? Do you know what they spun off? And okay, I don't really need to know. What you really want to do is look at. I can tell you what I normally do. I usually sell the spinoff shares because that's not what I bought the company for. I bought the company for its core business. Most of the time, that's why I bought. But if I bought the company. For the, for the growth aspect of the spinoff, I might sell the original shares and add to my spinoff shares. But generally, they spin off a non-core business from the company that I originally bought. 
And you're talking about Borg Warner, BWA is a symbol. It manufactures engine and drivetrain components for light vehicle, original equipment manufacturers. So, so Mike, what did they spin off? Do you know what the business was? I don't. To be honest, um, it kind of caught me off by uh, surprise a little bit because yeah. I just noticed all of a sudden I have 25 shares of a, a stock that I didn't even purchase. It's uh, yeah. The symbol there is uh, H-I-N. <laughs> Mike, so, uh, uh, Mike, I'll tell you that happens all the time. That don't don't be don't. You, I've been surprised. What this? What, that what? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I would look into see what they spun off. You know, it might have something to do with the EV sector, electric vehicle sector that's growing really fast. You know, and I might want to keep that. You know, if that's the case, uh, depending on and the growth rate of that sector. But I, I would look to find out what they spun off, what that company does, okay, and see if I like that industry and that company. And if I did, I'd keep it. But most of the time, I sell off because many times it's a, just a fraction. It's, you know, a fraction of the original, you know, it's like 30 shares worth, you know, 250 bucks or 1000 bucks of my $10,000 investment. It's not worth it to keep track of unless I want to add to it. Mike, good question, though. Good luck. On Fridays, I generally may take time to fit in a quick rundown on the key benchmark numbers, as you know. So let's hit some of them. Two-year treasury note, 4.923%. It got up to 5%. 4.923% was the the final call. Remember, last week was 48 so, and you know, remember, 80 weeks ago, now we're talking it was 0.64. 10-year Treasury, 4.04. So that's going up, too. Last week was 3.8. So I, I think we're seeing, you know, uh, uh, a realization that the investors, the bondholders are saying interest rates are going up. Fed's going to be raising the rates again, and that's why these rates are going up. Generally speaking, when these rates go up, it's not necessarily good for the economy. It's not. And they're still inverted where the short term makes a lot more, earns a lot more yield than the long term uh, treasury. So that's not good either. But it's been that way for some time. And as I told you, uh, every time that's ever happened in the past, a recession has followed. Doesn't have to happen again. I mean, we haven't happened enough times to give us a statistical. Uh, relevance that we can rely on, but it has happened every time, and therefore chances are high that we're going to have a recession at some point. Okay, but so, but you know, with the COVID and everything so odd, when the Fed lowered interest rates down to zero, basically, it made it's it's thrown everything off, and then you got the federal government spending so much money. That, you know, it's caused inflation, you know, and, you know, the Fed was printing money. It's just the whole system is is abnormal. And so we're trying to get back to a normalcy, and it's just making everything odd. So it's hard to predict anything at this stage. But that's what that's reality. That's what we're dealing with. Gold, $1,927 an ounce. It was $1,919 an ounce a month ago. Uh, 71 weeks ago, it was $1,806 an ounce. Silver, uh, $2,311. It was $2,277 last week. Uh, it was 
70 weeks ago or so. So hasn't done much. Oil selling at $73.43 a barrel. 78 weeks ago was 66, so it really hasn't done much in a year and a half. And yet, you ever notice that gasoline at the pump is still pretty high? It is. National average is $3.53. At this, you know, a year, a little over a year ago, it's $3.57. Now it's $3.53. So, hasn't really changed. California average is $4.84, but where I live, you're not getting away for under $5. It would be very unusual to find a gasoline station that's not charging $5 or more here in Southern Orange County. Thank you very much. 888-99-CHART. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have our one goal here, and I mention it almost every time, and that is to help you achieve financial freedom. Financial freedom, meaning you can quit your job and do what you want to do, even if it's still the same job you just quit. You don't have to, you know. Our work will continue right after this break. 888-99-CHART is our number. Heather from San Francisco, hang on. You'll be next. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Heather in San Francisco. Hi, Heather. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I want to know what you, you're welcome. I want to know what you think about OVV and singling down. Is this a value trap or is it a good time to get into? Okay, uh, that's a good question. It is a nine point two billion dollar company called Oventiv. Oventiv. OVV, Victor Victor, engaged in exploration production of natural gas and oil in British Columbia, Alberta, and in the United States. It's a $37.93 stock. It's going to make $7.93 next year, 13% more than it made this year, or it's going to make this year, $7.03. Um, and that was more than it made last year. So the company is growing nicely, uh, pays a 3.2% dividend, which is really nice, and it could easily maintain that dividend and grow that dividend if it want to. Cash flow is very strong at $11.90. Return on equity is very good at 28%. And uh, management owns 1% of the company. Funds own 53% of the company. And they have added since a year ago. There were 782 funds. Now there's 988 uh, so I'm not the only one that likes it. Uh, I think it would be a good company to own. I do. Uh, it, it's it's not expensive. It's a low P.E., uh, like about five or six. Uh, and I think it, it should at least garner a 10 P.E., and especially as it's grown. It grew sales 30% last quarter. So um, I kind of like it. I kind of like the company a lot. And while you're waiting, you get 3.2% dividend, which will probably go up because they have plenty, plenty of money to raise their dividend if they wanted to. And they probably will. Heather, so I think it's a good pick. I do. Okay? Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you for the call. OVV, everybody. OVV. I wouldn't be surprised if someone else bigger bottom. Wouldn't surprise me at all. So, we'll see, though. Um, workers are rating their retirement savings at records level at all-time high. 37% have either taken out loans, actually withdraw early their money, or used a hardship excuse to withdraw money from their 401k and the IRAs. 37%. That's, that's a record number. I'm not sure why people are getting in their head that they can just take the money out of the retirement account. It's for retirement. And I know some people actually do need to take it out for emergencies. But I guarantee you, the bulk of these 37% taking money out because of what they want to spend their money and not what they have to have money, that they want the money. So that's defeating the whole purpose of a retirement account. Try to remember, Social Security was never, ever set up to be your retirement, uh, I don't know, retirement savings to pay for everything. It was only to help during retirement. That's all it was ever designed for. So you've got to put money aside. You've got to give it time to grow. You can't keep taking money out of it. I have lots of family members that do this. I have family members who take, keep taking money out of the value of their house. You know, which is foolish. You don't, you know, remember, you you don't, there's a finite time of worker, working history that you have. You can't, you're not going to be able to work till you die. Most people can't do that job until they die. Most people retire or are retired in their 60s. So try not to touch your retirement money. Really, make every effort not to touch it. Not to touch it. Jeremy Grantham predicts a crash and says we are in a bubble. He says it's 70% chance of a crash. And he says it'll be between now and two years. Jeremy Siegel says the stock market run-up can go a lot longer. He says momentum is pushing prices higher. So which one's right? He says the big risk, Jeremy Siegel says the big risk of the market is the Federal Federal Reserve over-tightening. In other words, not giving us a soft landing, going too far. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Invest Out program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about, about our free podcast downloads at Invest Talk. It's all free. Get yours at any time at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And please be sure to review us and rate us at, uh, on iTunes. And we have now surpassed 53.7 million downloads. We really appreciate that. Independent thing is share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice. Or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security? Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. 
a registered investment advisor firm, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president, and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.